0: Get your mirror out. It's time for Deflector on Amigos. Hi everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm the spirit of the wheel, John Schaller. And I'm Aaron. <laughs> and today Aaron, we're gonna to be talking about Deflector. Oh man. Have you ever had to deflect anybody? I deflect blame a lot. Mm. Yeah, that's my
1: main one. <laughs> Usually to my partner at work, to Luke, to Brent when I can. Do
0: you have a weird thing about
1: mirrors? Yeah. I don't look in them because I'm ugly. I just move away. That's not a weird thing. I do like the bit where you put one mirror in front of the other one and then you look into the void. Ooh. That's how
0: I see my baldness. <laughs> into the void? <laughs> no, you ever do the thing where you're in the medicine cabinet? And you got two mirrors, right? Yeah. And then you open one and you look in the other one, and if you angle your head in such a way, you can almost see like the back of your head. It's like the dark side of the moon. That's how you can make sure you didn't miss anything That's back right. there. That's right. Or you just give up, which is what I've done. I do it by feel. You know how much I hate shaving my
1: head? How much? I hate it all the way. It's need, the one of the worst things I have to do. You need to get a better implement. No, it doesn't matter. You're still using Listen, the... if you don't have hair, I just want something to make it never grow. Have you ever tried Nair? I'm gonna rub Agent Orange on my head. I think that would like cause you to die. Oh, well, no. I've never tried that You should Nair. try Nair, though. Nair has like this, there's an aura around Nair. Because you used to hear it back when I was in school, it's like, you gotta put some Nair in his shampoo. That don't mm-hmm, stick. You're like, right. I wonder if anybody's ever done that. Does it really? I mean, what is it? What's it do? It
0: is a good question. Do you want question. something to prevent hair? Does it make your hair? I mean, it must pull it out by the roots. I, I do, wonder if it's. Does painful. it pull it out? It just, I thought it melted it or something. It can't be good. Well, if it's melting your hair, it's not going to be good to put on your you scalp. Know, or your follicles, or, or clogging them up, maybe. But the hair's still there. Does it really work? Have you ever used that stuff? No. I mean, I've always been afraid to. Would you want to use it on your head? I feel like if you want to go, are you done with the horseshoe? Would you go pure bald? I mean the horseshoe. That's your current I never want this one. I hate this. Okay. It's just, this is it. This is all I got left. This is the time. This is the time to try nair. But you you ever use like, uh, you don't dye anything. You ever dyed your hair in your whole life? No, because I lost my hair before I had an opportunity
1: for it to go gray. This may stun you. But on a rare occasion, I'll dye the beard. No. I do. No. And so when, you, when all you've got's a beard, you've got nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. You know, why not? Right. You know? And so there's beard dye. Right? Yeah. But when they don't got that at the Dollar the Dollar Tree, then you go with the ladies' hair dye. All right? Now, when you put beard dye on, it's pretty easy going. You put it on, you just kind of wash it. Is it, it. comb out? Oh, no, you don't comb it out. You just How do you get it out? It's wash it out.
0: So, you have to let it sit for a while. Yeah, that's right, right.
1: right. But with a woman's hair dye, you put that on and it physically causes you pain. And especially this part of your mustache right here. Because your skin's real sensitive. No, it's not that. It's like you're sucking up these weird fumes. (laughs) Like, women don't care. Right. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, obviously it's not meant for us. Because no woman's going to think to themselves, hey, I'm going to put this incredibly strong dye under my my nose. Right. I hope not. Well, I don't know.
0: I think they have different ways of getting rid of the... uh,
1: That may be true. But the point of the matter is, I'm afraid nair is probably just for your legs or some other parts. It probably isn't made to be put on a human head. It could burn or scar. Smoke could be coming off that thing. I'm yeah. not gonna try. Well, you gotta live stream it when you do. No, that's the, the revolution never, will be tell about. I'm never doing it. I'm never doing it, man. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't look at the chat. <laughs> care. I'm denying that one, Jack Edmund. But yeah, over, long story. I've always heard about it, but I've never used it. But it is. It's the of all the things I do at home. That's one of my least favorite things to do. You know, right up there with the cat litter,
0: the dishes. Yeah. folding towels. I hate all that stuff. You fold your towels? <laughs>
1: well, what do you do with them? I don't know.
0: I don't really mess with the laundry too much. Let it me just re- sort of
1: gets made. Well, here's the thing. I don't have a mystery person to come in and do all the, my crap tasks. i am going to do them until I pawn them off on the kid. Yeah. I'm fixing it by the kid. A wireless, completely rechargeable lawnmower. To cut my grass this mm-hmm. spring. So I, I'm going to be out of the loop on that. You're not going to pay the guy anymore.
0: No, I'm oh going to pay That guy Luke? was killing me. Are you going to pay
1: Luke? Well, I mean, a fraction. Right, but you are going to pay him. If he does a good job, if he goes out there and ham and eggs, he gets nothing. Mm, and also, good. if his grades aren't good enough, it's a punishment at that point, so I don't have to pay him for nothing. Mm.
0: Did you get paid when you were a kid to mow the lawn? Uh, no, but I never mowed the lawn when I was a kid. My mom Was she, Eep over here for that, too? <laughs> she, my mom loves... To do yard work. <laughs> she lives for it. It's her exercise. I can suddenly see what how you were produced. <laughs> you, you, I never say
1: that like it in my life. Yeah. So you
0: don't do any laundry. You don't do any lawn care. That's that. that I, was, I was slightly exaggerating. I do do my own laundry most of the time. Do you fold towels? I don't fold towels. You know when you have hands like mine, how much it hurts to do laundry? Most of the time, it, listen, we've got a linen closet. Yeah. Okay. Like when, whenever I'm washing the sheets and stuff, I don't, I, listen, it's going to go on your bed or it's going to go, you don't, you're not wearing it around town. There's no reason to fold it up nice and neat. I wad that thing up in a ball and then I shove it. I'm talking about the sheets, you know, and towels are the same way. You don't fold the towel. You just shove it back in the linen closet. But you can't fit as many in there when you do that. We don't it have that It looks unsightly. It's a linen closet. Who's looking well, in there? Listen, I know you're lying. Because there's no way Eep is going to put up
1: with you just shoving clothes into a laundry I'm bin. I'm not saying
0: she doesn't go behind me and fix it. That's
1: right. So basically, it's a waste of time for both of you. It's like my whole life.
0: <laughs> One of these days, Eep's going to wad you up and shove you in the laundry closet. I don't blame her. That's true. That's true. All right, Aaron, let's talk about Deflector. Oh, man, what a lead-in.
1: Deflector! <laughs> anyway. Bam, it's Deflector boat. You know, it's funny. This is one of those games where we gotta uh, we got to try it once before on the ZX. We've got something to compare it to. Mm-hmm. I like when that happens because I'm going to do some comparisons, brother. So Deflector released in 88 uh, another one by that was uh, published by Gremlin, this was originally developed by Vortex Software. That's a cool name. It is. And then it got ported over by Gremlin to the Amiga, I found out. So the guy that worked in this was Bill Allen. He worked on Corporation, Galaxy Force 2, and Mickey Mouse. It was a Mickey Mouse job on this uh. one. Uh, the graphics were done by a pair of fellows Kevin Bulmer and Steve Carey uh bomber worked on corporation a dragons of flame oh. so that's pretty good uh, also galaxy force 2 both the gauntlets golden axe some good stuff now steve carey he worked on federation of free traders and then he did something unspeakable and worked on night breed mm. which i hate night breed as yeah. you know so which that's one the, the
0: action game or they're
1: the- both garbage brother so but i think he worked on the action game okay the, the, the worst one of the two and the music in this, which is apparently quite legendary and popular, boat.
0: Did you know the legendary music of this? Uh, well, I knew that it had a, it had. A, whenever I am looking around on YouTube for a game and I see multiple entries that just show you the tune, yeah, I know it's got a rep.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the uh, musician is the legendary one of the king dongs of Amiga music. It's the Ben Daglish. He was also a big, uh, also a big uh, uh, Spectrum guy. Uh, I, he worked on Action Fighters, Greg Norman's Golf, one yeah. of your favorites. He worked on Hate, oh, yeah. which we like that. Mm-hmm. Motorhead. Remember that? I couldn't believe it. We covered that we way back, didn't we? We, Did we covered it. We played wow. it on Amigos Live one time. Okay. I know that. And Blasteroids, which always sounds like something you should have medically checked. <laughs> you know, my Blasteroids are acting up again, <laughs> both. Flare up. Uh, um, so. Uh, this is an OCS joint, uh, and this one here got the uh, uh, quite a few conversions. This is a surprise. We played this on the Spectrum. I don't think this sunk in how many conversions this thing got to. And a lot of wacky systems, too. The usual suspects, the CPC, the Atari ST. By the way, from what I read, the Amiga port is ported over directly from the Atari ST. Well, it actually
0: says that on the title screen itself. Oh, does it? Yes. I didn't pay
1: attention. Uh, C64, the Speccy. Uh, the NEC PC-9800, and the Sharp X68000, the big dog. Uh, And, of course, it's based on the uh, uh, the 1987 game of the same name. So, Boat, since you're good at this sort of thing, why don't you explain to the people what in God's name is this wacky game?
0: Deflector is a single-screen puzzle game in which you direct a laser beam of light through uh, an obstacle course, bouncing it off of one or more mirrors to find its end, its end being a receptacle for the light. Uh, basically, receptacle, you're yes. trying to aim the light back into a hole that takes the light out of the room.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly what it is, a puzzly game. I, I, when we played this on the Spectrum, I said it, I'll say it again, I don't think I've ever played a game that was anything like this. It's a wildly unique game. Uh, this is a strange one, though, because it's a game where you really only control, you use a cursor to move around, and and you control the angle of these various mirrors that are going to reflect this light. Now, uh, one of the clever bits in this boat is that if the light is either reflected back onto the original source or any of the, uh, originating mirrors... Uh, it, you will start overloading. There's a gauge. It's an overload gauge. If the overload gauge gets filled up, ga- that's the end of you. Also, there's an energy gauge. If you take too long, which is basically just a timer, if you take too long on a board, you'll, the, your turn will end on that board. It's it, it's not complicated stuff, but it is. Um, your goal in this, aside from just getting through to the receptacle, it's not like they give you a clear path. They put a bunch of crap in the way, right? There's all sorts of obstacles blocks. There are destructible things in there. There are also things that if you shoot, they will overload your laser. And so you've got to guide. You can't just guide your laser to the end. You've got to destroy stuff along the way. And there are things in there like mines and prisms that will split the light and shoot the light all over the place that are real kind of a neat effect. Uh, you've got full range of movement on the mirrors, so you can direct them to any point, you know, all the way around in a circle uh, to and it and you really have to have a lot of touch on a lot of these things because there might be one point on the if, if you think about a mirror like the like a clock face there may be only one point on that clock face that's going to get you what you
0: need done or they, point yeah, this thing most of the or, time they call those angles yeah well I mean I'm trying to and, I'm trying to help the humanoids here boat and you have a full 360 degree range like you said. And this game is very particular about the angles. They have to be because that's where the challenge of the game is. Yeah. Um, You control this game not in a way that you think you might. At least when I started playing this game, I figured, okay, we're playing on the Amiga. We're going to be using the mouse to, to roll around this thing because the mouse is a pretty, I mean, it gives you that analog 360 degree range. You know, you can kind of move the mouse in an arc like manner and have it aim exactly where you want. Well, guess what? That's not the case. Were you really, really surprised by that? I I was. I was too. Yeah, I was because (laughs) I figure, um, you know, and we're going to go into sort of, you know, what could they have done differently when they brought this game to the 16 bit machines? But I figured that was a no-brainer. Instead, you're stuck with the joystick. Yeah. Um, and the joystick is not an analog device. The joystick is a digital device, and it does not give you what you call precise control over these angles. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, now I will say, I thought I oh, having played this
1: on the specy, I thought the joystick was a, still a better control. Than what we, I used the keyboard and the and We played it, and I think I'd like the joystick more.
0: I did too, because I could sit in the recliner. And
1: well, play it's it. not just that, you lazy bum. I'm just talking. About, I felt like I had a d. De- I mean, you're right. An analog controller on this of some sort would have went a long way. And the mouse seems like an obvious choice. I mean, you could have literally used it to move the cursor around. And then once you got the cursor on the item, you could have literally like held the button and just moved the mouse yeah. around, and yeah. that would have worked fine. But for whatever reason, the best didn't go that the route. best
0: form of control in this game would be a button and a rotary dial. Yeah, that would be good. If but... you could get an Arcanoid style dial or a Tempest style dial, and then you you know you you, you know, of course then you lose the ability. But okay, follow me here. If you could mount a dial on oh. top of a stick. Right, and you use the stick to control your cursor, yeah. then when you get to the spot, you push down the button, you know then what you, you need? roll the rotor. You need the joystick from the heavy barrel game. Yes. Remember that? Yes. That's it, exactly it. Clicks it clicks into
1: place in all the directions, and it's a joystick. It does. That's, you hit it. Bam. Someone modify the code for heavy barrel joystick. <laughs> and all we have to do then is build a car game machine with the heavy barrel joystick on it. We'll be laughing. That's right. That's exactly what you need. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're right. You're but, right. I mean, the mouse would have also worked. Yeah. Newsflash. <laughs> and the joystick works. All right. But it can be frustrating to try to lock in the precise points, especially when you're on a level. And let's get to the... I went back and listened to the show we did on R. Sinclair to see what I, what I could remember about playing this. And it the levels on this, as far as I got, were the same as, as on the ZX, okay? So the same puzzles. Now, they may change at some point, but I don't think it. maybe I didn't get far enough. Or maybe they never do. But we commented on the... Uh, on Art Sinclair about how difficult the first board was. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's, ext- <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't change that a bit no. on this. It's still hard that was the hardest one. And one of the infuriating things is, is just the controls do hamper you to a certain degree. Uh, and you eventually get used to it by literally, I was taking the thing and just going, click, 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 you know, a little barely touching the stick, trying to think, move the thing around to get it in position but it can get irritating. You're going to time out a few times. If you don't pay attention, you're going to overload. It happens a lot. And uh, um, you if you're not looking at the screen the whole time, and you can—you won't even know what's happening, You know, except for the gauge going up on you. So there's that. Now, with all that said, uh, what did you think, aside from we didn't like the controls all that much, what did you think of the look of this? I mean, having played this on the spectrum, I thought this had a real... We both commented this almost had like a... Uh, Neonic, almost a vectory look on the on the spectrum because the spectrums I thought the spectrum's uh, color palette really suited this game. I thought they really used it well and but for this version, they brought a lot of the same colors
0: along. What did you think of this on the Amiga? I, I'm of two minds on this one. yeah, okay. on the one hand, I think this game looks pretty good, yeah you know like uh the you can tell what things are. You can, uh, you, there you can tell, like, there is some animation, for example, in the prisms and things. Yeah, you can see that. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of the color scheme, it's not a bunch of brown, you know, it's um, yeah, it's nice. Uh, and the, this the levels are all sort of done in a different color scheme, yeah, which kind of breaks up the monotony. On the other hand. Uh, this game is another, it seems to be another example of the old, let's upgrade an 8-bit game to a 16-bit game and do the bare amount of graphical upgrades. Uh, you still get the huge, defla- you still are not dealing with the full play field here. Right. You've got the lower third, and then you've also got the upper third taken up by a frame, uh, you essentially, you're playing in a window in this game. Yeah, which is pointless. I mean, you. I guess, I mean, it's okay. It's, it's not the worst. It's not the worst, but when you're talking about what, what separated the 8-bit era from the 16-bit era, and in my mind, that sort of thing went away in the 16-bit era, or should have gone away. It should have. Whenever you have the name of the game, and it's huge, and it's at the top of the screen all the time, we, we should be past that by this point in the 16-bit era. Now, that said... This is an early release 16-bit game. This didn't come out in, like, 91 or 92. 88, that's yeah. right. So it was pretty so, early. It so, was early in the year, too. You know, those types of things, maybe they hadn't been established yet. Maybe yeah. it was still more acceptable to have the name of your game, you know, huge on the screen. Um, but to me, this is, it's, it's like, this is the Spectrum game for all intents and purposes. We've
1: talked this before. Uh, on It's almost like an epiphany I had and you probably had it years ago, but for me, it just kind of clicked it a couple months ago. And it's the 16-bit computer is the 8... Or the early games, especially, is the 8-bit computer with more colors. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really... They hadn't learned to not fall into the same bad habits they were in before, including the big name on the screen, all the frames, all the wasted real estate. And this game could have benefited from a little more screen space. You could have made some your puzzles a little more intricate. Now, all that said... If they had delivered a poor game here, I'd be much more irritated by it. Uh, but I think, I mean, the one thing about this game, it's a lot like a lot of Spectrum games that we like, is like when they get ported, you can sort of complain, oh, they didn't get much more out of this. But if it's a solid game with the Spectrum, it'll play good anywhere yeah. because the concept is good. I'm not the biggest puzzle game guy, and I'm not going to lie to you, this game frustrated me a lot, <laughs> but it did before, too, and but generally, I could get, I'm not gonna say I got real for. I could get to the first say 10 levels mm-hmm. after some practice. And once you understand, you know if you've got a good memory, once you do this go through this once or twice, you can generally remember how to get back through them. And I even sort of remember how to get through the first level because the last time we played this for the first time, I didn't understand how the prisms work and the prisms and how the stuff worked and the overload aspect. So this time I had remembered some stuff when we played on the Spectrum. I thought I'd also like the way the colors changed. I thought that was a good idea. I'll, the music again was it was I mean, I, listen, it act like it's super duper legend. It's okay. Yeah. I wasn't like I wasn't getting up and doing a jig or anything. Right. I thought it was okay. And, and I
0: will say that the fact that there's only one tune, yeah, that wears on you. At least as far as I got, yeah. I heard one. I would have liked to see. Remember that game on the Coco Photon? It's sort of similar to this. Yeah. That, and that was on the Coco. That had a different music on each stage. Yeah, you know? and I mean, I, I'll look at something like
1: Lemmings, where mm-hmm, they've got like right. 10, 12, right. 20 songs. Right. They don't have to be world beaters, but just break stuff up. Mm-hmm. You know. So and, it's, and again, here when you've got a puzzle game like this, those little things count for more, right. because the basic the basic theme of the game is not going to be particularly beautiful right. to look at. Um, overall... Do I think this is an improvement from the Speccy? Not really. I mean, really. I mean, I think it's... You can put, really take either one. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, on the Speccy, I went back and looked. It does have a neat look to it. You I want to
0: say the Speccy version runs slower.
1: It's does not... It? I don't remember it. I mean, I think maybe a, a smidge, but mm-hmm. I, it, to me, I don't think it matters all that much. I like the look of it. And, and but yeah, I'm sure the Amiga one has a little bit of speed on it. But, I mean... And it's easier to control. We can mm-hmm. both agree on that. Um, so, I guess if you're going to play one, you can play the Amiga one, but, I mean, you're not going to lose out that much by playing the Speccy one. Uh, I will say, just for fun, Boat, I looked at uh, another version of this that I'd heard Graham W. Vepke talking about in our Discord, and it was the Sharp 68000 version of this. And the Sharp 68000 version... Uh, it looks a lot different than the other version. oh yeah, they put a lot of, of course, it still has some of the same baloney in there, taking up screen space. but it looks a little more
0: refined. It looks a little more like a 16 bit game. yeah, you know well if you if you, if you think about you know at this point in time, the sharp pro, there's probably a lot more competition for games on the sharp. Yeah, the, they were. You know, the Sharp was. It was. It was a very successful computer in Japan. Yeah, and so they probably felt the need to put a little bit more shine on it versus, you know, in these early days on both the ST and the Amiga, there just weren't that many games. Mm-hmm. There weren't that many games out. So, what did you
1: think about the in terms of the difficulty ramp? Could you agree, did you have as much trouble in the first level as you did last time? do you think it's still strange that they did it that no, way? No,
0: I feel like they did a good job on the first level kind of exposing you to all of the different tricks that you're going to see. Now, okay, again, I'm of two minds because there's two ways that you can do a puzzle game. You can either say, okay, on the first board we're going to throw lots of stuff that you're going to see in the later level so you understand how it all works. Yeah. Or you can go the other way and you can say, okay, we're going to make like the first five levels almost like tutorial levels. Yeah. And each level is going to demonstrate a concept. Now, I think with Deflector, you don't need to do that because like one of the concepts is if you move the mirror, the laser moves. I mean, you don't need a whole level to explain that. So I, I wasn't, I feel like the first level was, was adequate in terms of, you know, was it frustrating? Yes, but at the end of that level, I didn't have as much trouble moving on because I was already exposed to all those other things.
1: I will say, I did a little research on this. Um, This game, if if you didn't want to pay full price for this game when it came out on the Amiga, if you waited a couple years, this got released, believe it or not, as a a full game on a cover disc of a magazine called Zero. It was Zero, number seven, May 1990. Mm -hmm. So let you know two years two years and some change later this is a a freebie now if you were to get this on a magazine cover then you're laughing that's a heck of a bargain listen this i would say this would you pay full price for this and feel like you got your a deal on it yeah Yeah. i would
0: have at this point in the amiga's life (sighs) in 88 this is a solid a solid puzzle game it's very unique there's nothing else like it it's fun uh, and I say that, like you, I'm not the world's biggest fan of puzzle games, but I, this is definitely in the upper echelon of puzzle games. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it is, it does look nice. Yeah. You know, you, you would not be ashamed to say, look at the graphics on my 16-bit computer with this game.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it looks okay. I wouldn't, I would, it's not, it's not something like a definitive crown But I mean, if you're yeah.
0: moving up, if you're moving up, <sighs> and, yeah, of course it's not, but this game's a billion times better yeah. than yeah, the Yeah, it's crown.
1: more of a game, yeah. right? Uh, this, as you get on into this game... These mazes get and or these uh, I don't know what you call these. These various puzzles get ludicrous. Yes, yes. Uh, and I've sat and watched the, this thing all the way to the end, and I the, I like to meet the genius and shake his hand mm-hmm. because as you move through the game, you get more non, uh, you get more movable targets that get in your way. You get more uh, puzzle aspects that evolve, reflecting off the sides of the. Of the Walls and stuff, and you get a bunch it, of crazy. To me, it
0: gets to the point where, and this is sort of the main fault of this game, I think, is that it gets to the point where logic really has nothing to do with it. You're just trial and erroring your way through this. When you've got 87 mirrors, I mean, you're like, okay, if I go to this one and this one and I turn it, all oh, that doesn't work. Okay, if I go to this one and this one, until you finally make your way to the end.
1: It gets. I mean, it's it is truly a, a, a crazy True. game, and I'd like to. The fellows who sat down, I mean, the guy that originally did this game was called, I think his name was Costa Panay, uh, I believe, or Panayi was his name. This guy must have been a real high thinker to sit down. Can you imagine designing levels for this game? I mean, this would be, its this isn't like making great Guyana sisters or something. Right. These are levels that are off the freaking charts. Yeah. So yeah. kudos to that guy who came up with this original concept. I don't know if we've we seen... I believe this game got a sequel mode, if you can believe it, which I have not tried.
0: Interesting. I did Uh, not know that. Yeah, and
1: I I don't think I've seen this concept fleshed out, uh, at least anything I've played. Maybe this is something you see on the phones or something. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm uh, sure. You know, a concept like this. But, I mean, I really thought it was a real clever clever design on Mm -hmm. this one.
0: Did we get any uh, Discord action on this thing, We did. We did. Pajaco 6502. Actually, we're going to start with Graham W. Vebke himself. He says, More cowbell. The theme music of this game with that bassline and cowbell that never ends is potentially more well known than the game itself. This is still an interesting puzzle game that I first experienced when exploring puzzle games on the Sharp X68000. Bam. The goal is to use a laser light against reflective and non-reflective surfaces to solve 60 levels of challenges finding the receptor at the other end. What I do like about this is the simple to play, difficult to master formula. To get interesting, it introduces prisms, which don't always reflect light where you want, and boxes that warp the light to a new part of the screen. All the time, you need to make sure you don't run out of energy or power and not overload the laser to destroy it. This can make for some real frantic moments with lines of laser light jumping everywhere. Overall, a decent puzzle game I will play from time to time for something different, 7 out of 10. Pajaco6502 writes... The Deflector, a unique puzzle game of deflecting laser beams around a maze that is is fun, but won't keep you coming back. It's not by any means a bad game, but by level 14, I was starting to get bored and had seen everything the game had to offer. Some mirrors cause overload, requiring you to basically rotate them out of the way to carry on playing, and with the addition of gremlins, it all starts to feel slapped in to slow you down rather than adding a challenge. The game is mostly trial and error, and honestly, the best way to play this game is to spin the mirrors like a record to see what you can take out before moving to the next. That's exactly right. That's what I do, yeah. I love the tune. It's a classic, but it becomes quite repetitive, and graphics are okay, but the Amiga can do better. It could have been a mouse-driven game for the Amiga and ends up feeling like a cover disc freebie more than a full game. It was. <laughs> the 16 bits could have added things like multiple colored lasers to destroy to specific gremlins or power door switches allowing other beams to pass through blocked passages. There's really so much more they could have done with the concept. Great for an evening or two, but no shining light. Seven out Those of ten. Those are great suggestions, it actually. Is. It That's is. a real good suggestion. And finally, Lobsterminator writes, This is one of my favorite puzzle games. It's simple and unique. The downside is that it's similar to Laser Squad and that the Amiga version doesn't add much compared to the 8-bit versions. I was wondering why it was was similar to Laser Squad. (laughs) For this game, it doesn't matter too much because the the idea doesn't need flashy tech. I prefer this on the C64, but the Amiga version is just as good. I'm surprised this wasn't resurrected for the mobile area, to my, uh, for, for, to my knowledge. <laughs> That's amazing. The original concept rates higher, but for the Amiga version, I give it 7 out of 10.
1: There you go. Well, let's see what the uh, mags gave it. So, Lemon scores this one 7.67 mm. out of 10. Mm. So, there you go. Raising the line with Lobster Terminator. The, the various magazines, Amiga Computer gave this a 73. Amiga Force gave it an 80. Amiga Power... Uh, they gave this thing a 79, and it came back. Oh, they actually, they gave it a two out of five, and it came back with a 79. That's brutal. <laughs> two out of five. What yeah. they? That's that's way too low. Well,
0: again, this is this is from 1991. Why are they are reviewing this game so far down the line? I don't know. I mean, but yeah. even as a budget title, I mean, it, this seems like it's. I mean, you'd be. Uh, well,
1: this is a timeless game. You're idiots. Yeah. yeah. C. U. Amiga 77. The one three out of five. So the average ra- rating on this 77. Uh, which I would say, listen, in, in the puzzle genre, I'd say this is a solid B oh, puzzle absolutely, game. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so I like think, really. think it's a little, a little bit higher. Than 70, I'd say 81, mm-hmm. somewhere at that ballpark. If I was to score something, Boat. Uh, so get this. I nosed around on the eBay. I couldn't find any of these for sale.
0: Interesting.
1: I couldn't find any of that had sold. And I, for a while, it was like, cause I found box boxes of this game for the Amiga that were specifically labeled for the Amiga but I don't guess they sold that many. Maybe everyone had it for the ZX and the C64 and they weren't interested in getting it for and the ST. But I, I don't know how rare this one is. But, I mean, it's unusual where I can't find any trace of nothing, you know. Uh, so, yeah, your mileage may vary. But, I mean, did you have fun coming back to this one, but I did. I did. It, and I would play it again. I would, too. I, like I said, there's... You know, I'm pretty sure I read that said there was some sort of official there's something, sequel. There's
0: something very uh, satisfying about turning, you know, putting the laser on one of those turntables and watch it go bananas and knock out a bunch of balloons. I'm glad to see that other
1: people aren't are any different than we are. And also did the same thing because that's that's really the way you have to do almost every possible mm. uh, uh, trip. I'm looking here real quick to see if I can actually see a, a sequel. A sequel may not have been on the Amiga, but mm. I'm pretty sure I read that someone had done a sequel, okay. official or otherwise. That's Deflector. Uh, if you're looking for something different in the puzzle uh, area, I think you could uh, do uh, much much worse than Deflector Boat.
0: Are you a sketchy tech? Do you have the right tools for the job? Have there been incidents? Next time, don't try to fix it yourself. Send your broken Amiga to RetroRewind. Get a full diagnostic, a reasonable estimate, and the peace of mind knowing that your machine is in the hands of real technicians with decades of experience and cutting-edge repair equipment. Save 10% off your repair with the promo code AMIGOS10. Thank you to RetroRewind.ca. For supporting this episode. Amiga News.
1: All right, Boat.
0: It's time for some Amiga news. Absolutely. Aaron, our first story this week is, you know, one of these games that has been in production for the past couple of years. I'm really looking forward to it because every time I read a review about it, they're talking about how it's kind of like the Addams Family. It's creeping me out. Hex Night. I don't know if I would name my game that, but well, they have. One does wonder <laughs> that.
1: What, did we have we seen uh, the earlier demo for this at some point? Because I do vaguely have. recall this. We This is
0: a new AGA build, Aaron. Oh, you're, f- and so, <laughs> they keep you know, putting the boots I, to you, don't they? And they they talk about what's been added, and it's all my favorite stuff, Aaron. Uh-huh.
1: More parallax. Hopefully, there's a lot more collectibles. They devolve too. Dithering. Oh.
0: Listen, it's AGA. That's what they do. <laughs> That's what it brought to the table. Color cycling backdrops, Aaron. Those are cool. All Come the on. best games have I like those. color cycling. So anyway, this, still, this continues to look cool. I'm really looking forward to its eventual release. Uh, it, it does have that platformy, Adams family-like uh, um, uh, look to it. Uh, it does have a lot of things to collect. Uh, your guy looks neat. So, uh, yeah, this is just another one to keep an eye on, especially if you're one of those gamers that only plays AGA games. You know, I know you're out there. I'm looking at this.
1: There's a parallax scrolling to beat the band. Mm-hmm. By mm-hmm. Way. Look at that. It's like 87 There's like 50 la- yeah. layers of it. And then look, there's a you can see the dithering. Look at the dithering. It's dithered out the yin-yang. Yeah. You know? Now, yeah. it does look interesting. This looks like a game you could get into... This, this guy did go to the uh, Lionheart School of Running, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> He's,
0: got,
1: He's got a familiar low kick, dude. He does, too, <laughs> he does a-, 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 a Switchblade. <laughs> He's really put out a- all his thoughts, but I mean, it does, does look like it might be fun. Uh, so was the original demo we
0: saw this not AGA? Correct, correct. Are, is he going to do both? I have a feeling he will. I think he'll do an ECS, OCS, and an AGA version.
1: He should call so. the other one the boat version. That's, that's what, I, that's what I would should. do. I
0: will license my name to him.
1: Oh, <laughs> what's your boat? What's your name worth on a, on a, a licensing front? Listen, we'll
0: talk after the show. Oh, okay. Make that public. Aaron, our next <laughs> game is this is this is real wacky, Aaron. Oh, good. Ring around the world. Okay, okay. Just look at the look at the screenshot there. To soak that in for a second, will you? It's you, someone you, naked you, sleeping on a beach. Yeah, the you, strategy game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I wanted to fall asleep naked on the sand is not where I'd want that to happen. That's bad times, yeah. especially if critters are involved. Yeah. You get, you got some problems now, there. Now, Aaron, this is this is a uh what this is it's a it's a top-down point and click adventure game. It really reminds me of the old Lord of the Rings game. All right. Remember when we played uh, Lord of the Rings on the Amiga? Uh, yeah. So if you uh, remember that, if you, if you scroll forward a little bit to get to some actual gameplay, you can see that this is a top-down, uh, click where you want to go type. Oh affair. man! Now they're getting on my good side. <laughs> you know <laughs> that like Diablo games like this, I just, I just feel like they're ba- I know that, yeah, Diablo, it's a thing, right? Well, it's a thing, but it's a thing that I don't understand. I want direct control over my guys when I'm top down in it. Now, you know, you I want to have a joystick, and I want to push it, and I want the guy to move. You know, I'm looking at this, though. Look at, this is actually quite clever. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good.
1: yeah, because look at when he puts the cursor on something. It tells you what it is. And then your guy's like, I mean, so look at that. That's actually quite clever. Okay. And by I'll the way, look at that. how quick this guy's. You know, in most of these games, you click, and then the guy sort of... He plods along. heart trots yeah. over there. Yeah. This guy's moving like a maniac. That's true. He's so moving very quickly. This isn't bad. I mean, and look at what you can do here. Yeah. What For you listening to Radio Land? it's an overhead shot. The cursor, every time it goes over a spot on the map, it identifies the spot. Is it grass, dirt, whatever? And then once you click on it, your guy speeds there like a flash.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm giving thumbs up. If you're going to do this... This is not bad. Well, guess what, Aaron? This game is available right now for you to play. Oh, okay. And it is is fo- free. Listen, there you go. Do we have a who? Do we know who actually did this one? Vote? Yeah, this is. Uh, this is actually no. I thought that his uh, itch page would tell us, but his itch page is just. Oh, it's Retream. Oh, okay, there you go. we should have noticed that because
1: yeah. it says Retream announces right, right here. Right, right, Retream. It is it says, Retream
0: a guy or a team? I th- it's got to be a team. Okay. There's probably 50, 60 guys. Why aren't they called Retream? Well, that's the joke. See? Oh, I get it's it. It's one of those European jokes. I don't get it. So, this game is 100% free, but if you like it, listen to this. Please offer some support to somebody who is a victim of any kind of violence. There you go. Uh, come Ball on. Heart. Give it to Ball the heart.
1: reteam right there. A dream, excuse me. And also, this might be something fun. It's really... I was, at first, I was gonna poo-poo it mm-hmm. like you were, but now as I see it, this looks like I like I like that maneuvering with I the do. map.
0: Yeah, I, I'm sort of coming around on it too. I'm getting, I agree it's with
1: getting you. over with me. And plus, hey, that's a beautiful statement. So mm. check this out, everybody. Give a few bucks to someone who's in trouble.
0: Now, Aaron, our next I like story that. is you know the, the the people are obsessed with uh, getting a 3D engine cooking. On the old Amiga, they are, and this is another. This is a clearly. Tech I didn't demo. see our last ST show, where that should be avoided like the plague. <laughs> this is by a guy named RST7 slash Sebzi. Okay. okay? And uh this is it says oh. prepare to be wild, Aaron. Okay. Uh this is a uh this is a new 3D engine called the Spyro the Dragon engine. Uh-huh. I don't know why they name it after a PlayStation game. Oh, it's Spyro the Dragon tech demo. I apologize. Listen, Doug's gonna love this. It uses high-res ham 6. Yeah, actually, this is very impressive. Yeah, yeah. And so uh anyway, uh, you you can run this It takes a an 20 with AGA. Yeah, okay. And like um, twelve hundred. Yeah, and so uh this is I basically you know, you can uh, you can download this demo right now. Roll around. So that. this is a demo, but is it something you actually get to run through or does it just do it for you? Well, that's a great question, Aaron, and it's a question that's not answered oh, by oh, any news. So we'll just have to download it and try it for ourselves, Yes. I'm saying. Yes. Now what, would you be impressed if you could actually move around like this, is moving around in real time? I don't know, sort of. I mean, listen, this reminds me of, uh,
1: this is like a real grainy looking version of something like, uh, um, what was that old game? Like Terminal Velocity or something, or uh, uh, Descent, mm-hmm. you know, those mm-hmm. kind of games. It's like if like if you had like a real low res version. But I mean, unlike, like me and Boat just played a game, a substation on the ST, which was very impressive, except that it was totally blank. Everything was blank. It's amazing not being as impressive,
0: but having textures goes a long way. Oh, yeah. A long way. Awkward aardvark does point out in the chat. This does have WASD and mouse controls. Look at that. Good for you, aardvark. Well done. Yeah, I mean, this is... I Honestly... I think that this is impressive. This is sort of, this reminds me of one of their early Elder Scrolls games. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. It runs very smoothly. Yeah. Provided you've got the hardware to do it. And it's not that big a deal hardware-wise. Right, it, right. If you have 1200, I'm okay with that, yeah. you know. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Check this out. Uh, very cool, and I hope It would be great if somebody would build a game on top of this. That's real. Listen, we're that's beautiful, man. I'm real impressed by that one. Now, Aaron, I know you know all about this next story. All right, man. It's Supercars 2 AGA. Yeah,
1: this one got passed around in the old Discord as usual. So I had a look at this. You know, now I'll be honest with you. I have played a few uh, rounds of Supercars, but I've played a lot of it on the PC, the unofficial Supercars 2, like. Uh, super-duper, screwed-with version Mm -hmm. of the PC that that this looks sort of like. But, I mean, when push comes to shove, here's what I want from Super Cars 2 AGA. I want different colored cars, and I want them to book around this track. Mm -hmm. That's what I want, all right? Well, they don't. They still lumber around the track at, like, molasses-level speeds. Now, uh, I... I don't understand why I thought this was going to be a much zippier thing when I saw the headline. Well, you
0: know, Supercars has always been sort of a plodding franchise. People go nuts over this game, and I've got to say, I am not the world's biggest fan. And this apparently has been used, there's something called uh, F-Mode equals 3 Speed Up. Uh So this is apparently running faster than the original, but it still seems to be kind of a slow-moving game. Now... Maybe you're limited by your speed because this you are so far zoomed in. You know, that and, well, I mean you may if it makes it too much faster, maybe it's unplayable. Right. And so maybe they've hit the wall here. Uh, this is I know I know people love this game. This is just it's one pretty. of these, it's one of the games that just never clicked with me. I love top down racers I too. I do too. I do too. And and so, I am
1: I'm, I'm I mean, I think this game's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. But uh and also I never thought having missiles and stuff made
0: any sense. No, in this I, game. I thought that killed the game myself. Remember
1: that other top down racing game we played that was like uh more looked more like a post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. humor. Right. That one seemed like that. Okay, that I'll buy a, that. That was a
0: CD32 game, Right, too, but yeah. this
1: one, I never... So, this is not a game that I was, like, in love with. But the, all that said, I mean, it looks good. It looks sharp. Multicolored cars. Uh, track looks nice. You know, it, uh, it's running not slower than y'all, with better-looking stuff on it. I'm not faulting the guys that went there and forth. this. good on those guys yeah, for going absolutely. to work on it. But just this, this game... It, it, it's not one of my favorites. Yeah, I like something a little zippier, mm-hmm. you know. And this ain't for me. This ain't it. So I've never been a huge fan of the old supercars. But hey, still good on them. And the fact that I believe they're just as, another one—they're just giving it away. Uh, so yeah, here it is: tweet gameplay updated, 256 color VGA graphics, and a new soundtrack. So there you go. If that's your cup of tea. Uh, give it a shot. You're, you may like it more than me and Boat. Me and Boat, I, you know, it's what happens when you've played other ones before. and you kind of come back? You're like, eh. It's tough. It's tough. You know, it's not the not the best. All right, Aaron.
0: Moving on down to not that one. Not that one. Oh, this one. There we oh, go. Oh, we want to miss
1: this one. Here so, we go. So, Aaron,
0: the cornucopia of arcade ports to the Amiga yeah. keeps on rolling. Yeah. You know, Xevious, Aaron, Xevious is a game that doesn't get a lot of dap in the classic gaming community. Oh, it gets a lot of dap for me. But listen, man, what year did this game debut in the arcades? Oh, Take a geez, guess. Oh, jeez, it's old. Um, this was, it's like, what, 80, 81, 82? 83. hey is 83 closed. This is the earliest game of its type. It's the earliest top-down shooter in which you have control, vertical and horizontal movement. Yeah of your dude okay I love the bombing I like the cross this hairs. game this game changed the game in terms of the genre yeah okay and I it, agree and it's coming it's coming Aaron to the Amiga thanks to Jot D who has done all kinds of arcade Amiga conversions I think he was involved in that last story too yeah I believe. and so anyway he is still working on kind of uh, getting the scrolling down I think the uh-huh. scrolling of the ground objects is not quite in sync with the scrolling of the uh, of the, the 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 background, yeah. But this is very impressive. I mean, this looks dead on arcade perfect. Is this another one with that scorpion engine, or does it say? Buddy? Uh, he doesn't. He, as far as I can tell, it doesn't. It doesn't say what engine he's using. But I think you know, in terms of arcade perfect, this is right up there with Bomb Jack Beer Edition.
1: You know, I I, uh, I play a lot of Zebius back in the day. All right, and so when you look at Zebius. Uh, back in those days, this is another one. You, uh, like I saw this, I could not believe the graphics. And there's part of this game where the, this uh, the Savolue, I believe is the name of that little ship, mm-hmm. uh, goes across this area where they've got these like high, these like uh, from uh, outlines of like a phoenix and stuff, which you only see from the air. Mm-hmm. You, ever see this, you know, like I don't know where they're Argentina, where it's got. Yeah, those. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in here, and I looked at this, and they're in here too. Oh, that's so cool. You know, and that's, that's so part cool. of it. But I mean, this is one of those games when I first saw it, I couldn't believe it, I, I, I know it seems silly. And the sound and this. It was good background. It's not like
0: a tune you're going to put on your radio, but it fits the game very well. The little
1: chime that comes on. It's perfect. I love that. It really makes you feel like going something. The fact that they added the bombing in this is awesome. Now, I did notice that, in fact, here, right here, if you're watching home, there are some areas the ground that
0: aren't fully finished, you know, but I mean, he's well on his way. Oh, yeah. And Curtis says that, Claude says ZVs came out in 82. So I could be wrong about that. Maybe it came out. Regardless, eighty-two or eighty-three, there was nothing else like it. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was early.
1: And it was a real early. Great game. So this is a this will be a great one to have over. Yeah, I'm hoping too. What'll be fun is that once these things get ported over, that maybe someone that goes in there and does a little remix action, sort of like we saw with uh, uh, with uh, the Kung Fu game mm-hmm. from a couple weeks ago, where you mm-hmm. can go in there and kind of update it or make it your own. Right. So that'd be a lot of fun too. Here we go. If you're watching at home. Here are the, the, out, down, the uh, outlines of the various stuff. I always thought that was really that super, super cool, cool back in the day. And
0: uh, Awkward Aardvark, our, our chat hero today, coming with the info, we were asking if this was on uh, Scorpion. No, he is straight-up assembly language. Oh, He's bare metal coating this What a thing. stud. Yeah. Well done. Well done, sir. I salute. Berk. All right, Aaron. Our uh, next last story this week, we got a lot of news this week. Yeah. This is a new project, Aaron. This is a new book. And it's all about the Amiga versus the Atari oh, ST. Oh man, let's dredge this thing back up, shall we? <laughs> so uh, this thing has raised enough money to go forward. Uh, I think that they needed. Actually, I think IndieGoGo. I, I, I'm never really, I'm never really sure how IndieGoGo works. I think it, they it need to like amount. It looks like it's funded. But it is funded. It will go forward. Um, and uh, you can uh, you can check <laughs> it out. This is over at. Uh, it's called ST Amiga. The flame wars, uh-huh. and uh, I'm trying to look at the uh, the int- you know, some information about it, and uh, it's grayed out. Yeah, it's grayed out. So there I don't we know.
1: Continued, re- oh, okay. continue reading button down there. Oh, I see it. There, there. you go,
0: boat. Okay, so anyway, this is um, this is a European uh, deal. Uh, MicroZite teams up from Germany, teams up with Edition sixty four K from France, and they're talking about. The differences, the similarities, what was good, what was bad—nothing less than the future of home computing was at stake for the ten percent of the population that actually had one of these machines. And the two camps well, were as committed Europe, as they were different. divided. Yeah, it's true. So anyway, this is four hundred pages, man, four hundred pages, and it's a—it's um, uh, there's a there's—it comes in hardback. It's offset print, which is the highest quality uh, printing. This is not a print on demand product. Uh, it's got special cover refinement, Aaron. I don't know what that means, but I, it maybe means it, it has
1: a texture and it yeah, smells like a, yeah, like
0: perfume. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, You and can so rub yourself. Under, this is like, uh, you know just looking at the, uh, the the page samples. It looks like it's laid out very well. Yeah, I would caution. There's this evil guy in the picture. Well, oh, that's that's the, I think that's the evil <laughs> editor. Oh my God, I would I would caution people. I would say you know if you have the ability to look at some sample chapters, if you're like me and you're very sensitive to poor English proofreading by non-native speakers Uh you might before you shell out the dough you might want to check on that Uh, but as far as the graphic design goes and of course this is obviously going to be an, an exhaustive look at uh the the i don't think you're going to get much better than 400 pages of st versus amiga
1: look at this i'm looking at the the some of the people that were involved in this and and look at this Who's in this? Uh, Mr. Pleasants, of course. Oh, the omnipresent. But look right here, Darren Coles. Wow, I know him. Wow, look who else you got in here. You got John Hare. You got uh, uh, Mike Clark, Simon Butler, the grumpy old, uh, the grumpy old man of Dinosaur gaming. Pie. That's right, him. I'll, I do enjoy him. Stuart Cambridge. So you've got a lot of big players in here uh, that they've talked to about this. Here's a breakdown of the various chapters. You know, business numbers. Uh, software stuff, demos, you know, all the stuff you'd expect. You know, now, uh, since we're... And, and, of course, you could back this thing. They've got all kinds of various uh, gimmicks here to, you know, to get in on it. I wonder how much we have to pay to actually get a book. Because right now, it's over 54 bucks. I know that. Looks like 86 bucks. No. Oh, no. How, how much you have to pay to get the actual Four, book?
0: 43, $43 gets you the book and the PDF. Oh, that's not too bad, Dan. But that is the early bird special. I think all of these are no... I, Man, this is like one of the most frustrating times I've ever used the internet, is what I'm doing right now, because <laughs> everything is grayed out. You can't click on anything. It's str- it's a strange layout. Yeah. So,
1: you know, we're in a unique position, because we don't have a dog in the fight, number one. And number two, we have been playing a lot of Atari ST stuff here recently, mm-hmm. and of course we've played a lot of Amiga stuff over the years. And I look at this fight, it's, it's a dumb fight, by the way, uh, because they're... The competition between computers, it's like, uh, my toaster is better than yours. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, um, it all comes down to price versus performance. The old price versus performance. You want something cheap that isn't quite as good, you go with the ST. If you want something that's way more expensive but does more, you go with the Amiga. Bam, that's it. That's the end of it. thats I just wrote the book. I put a pamphlet on it. You know, you can draw all this stuff out, you know. You know, we live near a Dollar Tree. Mm-hmm. I'd go to Dollar Tree and get some cupcakes, okay, for a dollar, 50 cents. How many
0: cupcakes do you get for a dollar? You
1: get, I don't know, four. That's pretty good. Then you go to Walmart and get cupcakes, and you can get any sorts of cupcakes, up, and they're, like, say they're five bucks, right, and you get more, and they're better. Okay, now, I'm cheap. I'm going to go with the cheap, crappy cupcakes. The Intimans. You, big money boat, you're going to go with the big, the Entenmanns aren't cheap. Don't fool yourself. That's the good stuff. I'm going with like Uncle Bill's (laughs) crapastic cupcake extravaganza with a pirate on the cover. You're getting the enemies, the good ones, because you're big money boat. That's the difference. It's the same thing. There's no competition between the two. We love it. We love the platforms, and they both. The ZX Spectrum is the cheapest. You know, little weirdest-looking unit. But it's got games to beat the band. It's gold. It's solid gold. There's no reason why you can't play them all. Right. So here we are at the Flame Wars. If this is your thing,
0: get into it. And Did I you, figured out the, the campaign is closed, so you can no longer purchase this yeah. uh, until it becomes uh, available to the general public, which will probably be in six to nine years. You
1: know, I, wanna, I know I've maybe asked this before. I'm going to ask you one more time, because I can't remember your answer. When you were in school... Did you and your buddies fight over consoles and computers? The and fights stuff? were all in my head. But, I mean, did you, if you saw a little, like, I'm telling like what was contemporary for when you were, like, say, in middle school. Middle school was the Super Nintendo and the Genesis. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Then you had which one of those? Super Nintendo. Did you know anyone with the Genesis?
0: Yeah. Did you hate them? No. Did you mock them? No. Did you care? Uh, I was, I'll tell you, the one time that I cared was I was afraid when my friend Logan, he was on the verge of getting a 16-bit machine. Yeah. And I tried like the Dickens to get him to get a Super Nintendo. Yeah. Because I knew we'd be able to share games. I see. But did I hate people I had just? No, I played the heck out of them. Like, that's something that I don't think we did that here. Yeah. I hear
1: people talk about the playground battles mm. and stuff. Like, I don't remember. Yeah, it. I think it was probably more of a British No, Now, thing. as a computer user, I looked down on all consoles. Right. From From up high, on high but that's just me, you know, Mm -hmm. but there you go. So I don't know, maybe, hey, maybe we're just weird, too. We are in
0: West Virginia. That's true. It could have been different. It was like outside of our immediate area, there were 8,000 Amiga stores per mile. There were were way more people in my middle school arguing over which brand of cigarette to smoke (laughs) than they were. (laughs) Or what kind of tobacco to chew. That's right. So there you go.
1: So, hey, good luck to the Stamiga Flame Wars book. Good for you. And uh, 400 pages with all those uh, brilliant people in it, it'll probably be a
0: pretty good uh, read, Boat. I'm a skull man. I'm a skull man! <laughs> <laughs> all right, Aaron, coming up, our final story this week. Uh-huh. We touched briefly upon this last week, and by we, I mean you and the Brent, but I Bam. wanted to come back to it because uh, there was an error on the website. I and, saw that, uh, yeah. and so I was we, puzzled as we, we looked at We didn't the get to right fully in. plug the newest edition of Amiga Addict yep. Magazine, and we should. Because there are all kinds of awesome stuff. First of all, look at that cover. Cannon fodder inspired cover there. Yeah, that's a beauty. Yeah. Uh, They've got a report from the London Calling Sensible Soccer Tournament. Why Megalomania is the RTS no one ever talks about. I don't know about that. We talk about it sometimes. I don't ever talk about it. The History of the Guru Meditation Era and Aaron, a report from this year's Amiga Ireland Convention. I'm not going to read that one. That'll make me cry. One thing here, I look at
1: whether Hired Guns still holds up. It didn't hold up
0: then. That game stinks.
1: Oh, no. I don't agree with you because it's got multiplayer. No, I thought that was pretty cool. Also, you hate everything. No, I don't. You you need to embrace Hired Guns. It was a pretty good game, in my opinion. All this and more... In the newest
0: edition of Amiga Attic, it's good reading. It's Absolutely. what's good for you. I, I love that. I love that mag boat. And that's going to do it for our news segment this week, Aaron. What's been going on on the old YouTube channels? We'll take a brief look
1: over here on the, on the what we've been up to. Uh, just a couple things to talk about. Actually, three things to talk about this week on Amigos. Uh, Everything Amiga. Amigos Retro Gaming Channel. Uh, of course part finally here it is the seven hour chunk that is part two of the Amigathon 2023 man that was a lot of fun and how often do we get to post with these things where it's completely intact with no brakes screw up we, had, ups we or were blessed problems? by the
0: internet gods and yeah got it, they it.
1: petered out the very very end mm-hmm. that was it um we also we mentioned this a few minutes ago the substation for the Atari ST this was one of my all-time favorite Atari ST shows ever. <laughs> I loved it. And I actually, Substation is a game I could talk about endlessly. It's so bizarre.
0: <laughs> it is bizarre.
1: It's <laughs> so bizarre. And then lastly, listen, who doesn't want to look at me pictured as Xena? I've got a lot of good comments about that. I'll I will say yellow. the
0: Brent outdid himself with yeah, his Photoshop skills. Good
1: there. job. ARG presents this week another, it's a rerun. TV games, but it's not really a rerun. We looked at Xena Warrior Princess for the PlayStation and Dalek attacked. And I've been told I can pronounce it Dalek despite the spelling. So, a Dalek it is. I say Dalek. Well, that <laughs> Why? Is that Welch or something? It's Welsh. That's there you the go. Welsh or Welch, as I just said. Don't like, get me like over Like the grape juice? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, that's what we got cooking on uh, the um, Amigos Retro, Amigo Retro Game. Yeah, channel. please, I beseech you, pop over, check these out. And if you haven't already, I hate to do this, but I'm going to, drop us one of those... Give us a subscription. Give us a like. Give us a message. Tell us how you really feel. It's okay. It's okay. We can take it. Get in there. If you think that, uh, if you think Substation's the bomb, go in there and give it some love. Tell us while we're done. Explain to us why it's completely white, if you know. I'd like to know the answer. Uh, not as much on the stream team, although we've got something coming out tomorrow. Happy Coding got with me. And As you know, the Amigos stream team channel, where we put all of our streams and all... Plus, we get all of Happy Coding's uh, lessons, and we also get all the 48K RAM stuff. Josh, Happy has uh, informed me that starting, I think, with this episode I've got posted now, and going forward, he's going to literally make a game from start to finish oh, on his tutorial. That's wonderful. So, if you want to see a, a master, an expert at play, going in there and making a game from start to finish... This would be a brilliant time to get in if you've been holding off on getting in Happy Coating's show. That's happy Co- that's home cooking with Happy Coating on the Amigo Stream Team channel. And if, again, if you would, please, I beseech you, give us a subscription, give us a like. Uh, we would be most appreciative,
0: both. All right, Aaron, what are we going to be playing next week? Have a look. breach. Two. Oh man, it's a breach. breach boat. It is. Oh man. So this is your this is your uh, your favorite, Aaron. It's the old tactical, strategic oh, simulation. Man. <laughs> man,
1: Oh boy. Get your manual out. Oh man. Get your novella out. Uh, uh, hey, and... Listen, bro, I, I, did we ever play Breach One? Nope.
0: Nope. We're going right to the sequel. Skip that one entirely.
1: <laughs> oh man. Well, Let should be fun. Hey, listen. I want to make a couple quick announcements, Boat, okay. before we get out of here. Announcement number one, and I want to uh, beat this over everyone's heads. It's going to be a lot of fun. Me and Boat are doing something we don't... Have we ever done this, Boat? I don't know, because I don't know what you're talking about. We're going to a con that's not hosted by you. Oh,
0: yes, we are.
1: We're going to a little thing called the Cocoa Fest. We're going to be there. Uh, We're going to be taking the Cocoa Show on the road uh, at the end of April... Uh, we'll be there, and I think we're gonna we're gonna do some broadcasting. We're gonna from the do cocoa a show. live
0: live cocoa show from the main stage, not oh, one of those man. side stages. You know, man. this is the main stage. Of cocoa I don't even know Fest. what
1: to say about that. You sprung that on me a couple mm. about a month ago, and I've been thinking about it ever since. I'm not a performer, boat, I'm gonna I can't juggle. I have to go up and do my thing. But it should be a lot of fun. We're bringing some wacky cocoa esque hardware. We're bringing some non cocoa. We're gonna bring Amiga to the masses. So they know we gotta bring a little bit of an Amiga with us. Uh, so it should be a good time. That'll be a lot of fun. That's that's coming at the end of April. We'll keep you in the loop on that. We want to thank our good buddy, Frank, over at, uh, over at Rich Rewind at CA for uh, plugging us along. He's going to be there
0: as well. He's going to be doing his he, thing. And he's the main sponsor of Pickup He's the Fest. main sponsor. People say he's the only thing keeping it afloat.
1: Well, this is the last one. Mm-hmm. The, how many? 35th annual last one. The What I'm looking forward to is I'm going to rain down a furious flurry of punches On Paco Itake. I thought you were going to say the Coco Crew. No, no. I like those guys. They're going to help me. We're all going to get magic (laughs) leather coats and we're going to surround Paco. Just start putting the boots to him right there on the spot. It should be a lot of fun. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, We also want to mention, of course, coming soon, it's Boat Fest. Boat, give them the hard sell.
0: But two months to go. We, we're down to the final t- four months before <laughs> BoatFest. Uh, BoatFest.info. It's a hurricane. It's a retro computer festival. Uh, everybody's coming. You should come too. Limited tickets are still available, but they are going fast. That's right. That's right. But in far off in the distance, uh, about the middle of May, we'll be back
1: for BGW Wrestling Action. We just found out today, for you BGW Wrestling fans, not only are you going to see... Greg the Hammer Valentine. Not only are you going to see Tito Santana, the legendary Tito Santana, you're going to see the legendary Shane Douglas. You're going to see the legendary Pitbull 2, Gary Wolf. And you're going to see the super legendary Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. They're all going to be crowded into that huge auditorium, <laughs> along with myself, Boat, and Professor Wrestling. We Tim might Lay. get Mouth on the third stick. Dude, I'd love to talk to the Mouth mm-hmm. on there. He'd put us all to shame. He'd put the boots to us verbally. That's true. That'd be a lot of fun. That's coming up. So we got a lot of fun stuff coming up the next few months, Boat. I'm
0: really looking forward to it. All right, well, Aaron. Before we get out of here, I just want to thank our Patreon community. If you like the show, head on over to patreoncom amigospodcast, and you can throw us a couple bucks. Uh, we want to thank our Twitch subscribers for watching us live. Uh, We do record the show live every Friday around 5 o'clock Eastern Time. And uh, we will see you next week for Breach 2. Until then, adios! Adios!